January the 9th of 2007. Big day in the world. In fact, many people think that they kind of changed the world. The world's never been quite the same again. And, and you may agree, because that's the day that the iPhone was introduced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, see? You feel that? The late Steve Jobs, Apple CEO, said it like this. He said the iPhone was going to be a revolutionary magical product that is literally five years ahead of any other mobile phone. We know it's true. I mean, it worked out to be true. In fact, it's such an impactful thing that many of us, if not most of us, since 2007 have had at least one version of the iPhone along the way. It's a really, really big deal. It was a big moment. But I want to draw your attention now, when we're thinking of big moments, to another big moment, another date, I mean, eternally significant. You know where this is going. This is monumentally huge. On a Sunday in the spring of AD 30, almost 2,000 years ago now, the resurrection of Jesus occurred. Jesus rose from the dead, physically, bodily, rose from the dead. You talk about a dead that changed the world. Like, well, how do we know? How do we know he rose from the dead? Oh, there's so much evidence. And there's so much proof. In fact, earlier on in the week, I was thinking, I wish I had time to unpack uh, the evidence and talk about the proof. And, and maybe that's what we should do next year. In fact, yeah, let, let's maybe do that next year. So y'all come back next Easter. And we'll talk about some of the evidences, the proof. Because there's so much evidence to validate, not just the concept, not just the idea, but the literal, physical, body, resurrection of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is in fact alive. And that, my friends, changed the world. The world's never been the same. And that's not just a cliche. How we understand God changed. How we understand life changed. How we see and understand death and beyond changed. You could say that the resurrection of Jesus was the climactic moment of history and you would be correct. Turning point. The hinge on which history turns is when Jesus rose from the dead. In the first century, Paul, the apostle, is writing to a group of Christians in Rome, and he pointed this out. He said that Jesus was shown to be the Son of God, proven to be the Son of God, when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's like that sealed the deal, that that made it very clear once and for all that he is Jesus Christ our Lord. When he rose from the dead. I mean, come on, it makes sense, right? Because think about it like this. If you predict your own resurrection and then pull it off like you predicted it, I mean, you're the man, right? You're the one. You're, you're just it. And everybody should pay attention and notice and take note of you. Yeah, so it just makes sense. That the resurrection proved him to be who he said he was. It confirmed that he is in fact the promised Messiah for Israel, for the people of Israel, for the Jewish nation. 
But it's bigger than that. It also confirmed, not just for the Jewish people in the history of Israel, the nation of Israel, but it also confirmed that he is the Lord of all humanity, the Lord of all people. Whether or not they want to recognize him as such does not change the fact that he's the one. He's the one. And he, in fact, is Lord of all creation. It confirmed once and for all that Jesus is the final authority on life and living the final authority on death and dying and beyond. Because think of it, when you predict and pull off your own resurrection, suddenly everything that you said before and everything that you did before takes on supreme significance if it hadn't already. I mean, it goes like this. Wait, he rose from the dead. Wait, what did he say? Go back, go back, rewind. What did he say? What did he teach? Wait, 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 go back, go back. What, what did he do? What did he do? Because he rose from the dead. Because this just don't happen. He rose from the dead. So everything he said and everything he did becomes of monumental importance. Yeah. You, you could say that Jesus' resurrection is the center of our faith. You could also say that Jesus' resurrection was the center of the faith. Either way, it's the center. It's what it's all about. It's what it all hinges on. It's the turning point, the climactic moment in history, and it's what our faith is founded on. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, in the New Testament, we're told that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, because he said he was going to, and he predicted it, so if he didn't, then our faith is useless, it's in vain, and all of us who believe in Jesus, the risen Savior, are fools for believing in Jesus, if Jesus, in fact, did not raise from the dead. But again, there's so much evidence and so much proof that validates the fact that he did, and so that's why it's such a big deal. It's the center of our faith. That's just so important because the, look at it like this. Did you know the Bible? As precious and as powerful and as important as the Bible is, the Bible is not the center of our faith. It's very significant. Because see, without the resurrection, the Bible would be nothing more than an ancient piece of literature that we study and go back and look at and go, hey, that's interesting stuff, isn't it? Wow, this is, it's a it's fascinating document. But see, now since Jesus rose from the dead, now everything in the Bible takes on new meaning and new light. You go, wait a second, okay, what was said? What was done? This is important. Especially the stuff that has to do with Jesus directly. Yeah, the resurrection of Jesus. Not the Bible. And, and not even the birth of Jesus. This is huge. I mean, process this. The birth of Jesus. And that's a big deal because Christmas gets a whole month. Right? The birth of Jesus gets a whole month. I know it's like December 25th, but come on, come on. We know, we know. As soon as Thanksgiving lunch When Thanksgiving dinner is over, it is. Christmas is on. And for some of you, Christmas is on the day after Labor Day for Pete's sake. And decorating, got my tree up early this year. Leaves ain't even changing yet. Slow down, right? So Christmas, right, it gets all the press. And Easter gets a weekend, which is fascinating to me because without the resurrection, the birth of Jesus would be nothing more than just a, a footnote in history. Oh, this is the day that that great man, that great teacher, Jesus, was born. 
but he rose from the dead. So now you go back and go, oh, okay, he's the man. He's the one. He is Lord of all creation. So now his birth becomes so significant. You see? Yes, the center of our faith. Did you know that not even Jesus' teachings are the center of the faith? Now hold on. His teachings are so important, but why are they important? When we talk about his teachings almost every week, they're important because he rose from the dead. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, his teachings would be nothing more than just some great principles for life and some good advice to keep in mind as you go through life. Yeah, that was a smart man. He said a lot of good things, but so did guys like Aristotle and you know, Socrates and these ancient philosophers. They're very interesting guys, right? Jesus would be one of them had he not risen from the dead, but he did rise from the dead, so now his teachings take on monumental importance, right? You go back, what did he say, what did he say? And you focus on that. The church is not the focus. The church is not the center of the faith. Not the big C church, not the little C church, not local churches, not this church even, not the center of the faith. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the church is just a social organization promoting the ideas and the goodwill of this ancient teacher named Jesus that died this horrible, unfortunate death. But Jesus did rise from the dead, so what happens in the church is huge. So important because we carry the mission of Jesus and the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me take it one step further. The cross is not even the center of our faith. As so important, the cross is, so significant as the cross is. We talked about the cross last week, where Jesus dealt with sin once and for all. Had Jesus not risen from the dead, you know what the cross would be? The cross would be a very unfortunate, tragic death of a very great man. And we would look back and go, oh, that was so bad what they did to him. But when he rose from the dead, now everything that he did on the cross takes on new light. Wait a second. This whole thing is a package. Jesus did rise from the dead, and the resurrection gives it all meaning, gives it all significance. The resurrection is not just some kind of happy ending to Jesus' story and Jesus' life. It's actually a new beginning. Listen very carefully. The resurrection is not just a past event in history. It is not just something that happened. It is something that is continuing and is happening even here and now. You're like, what? What? Okay, just hang with me. Hang with me. It's hard for us to get our minds around this. Hard for us to process the reality of the resurrection other than just a past event that we celebrate one weekend a year, Easter, right? It, it's kind of hard for us to get our mind around the reality of the resurrection because we don't have a physical point of reference for it. In other words, and nobody had it happen to them. Nobody here has their story of, oh, yeah, resurrection. I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I know about that. Because I remember when our granny came back from the dead. It was a little weird. I was like, whoa, granny. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool. It happens. I hear it happens from time to time. You know, my, not in these parts around here, but, you know, like out west or, you know, in Europe. I, I hear tell. No, no, we, none of us. We don't have a point of reference. We, now, we understand the cross a lot better. See, we understand the cross. That's a little bit easier for us to get our minds around because we understand sin because we sin. And, and Jesus dealt with sin on the cross because we sin. We got that, right? We screw up, we mess up. And we understand death and dying because we see it all around us. And we, and we bury our loved ones and, and we go through this. So, so we get that. And, and plus, with the cross, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful symbol. 
It's a beautiful symbol, isn't it? And, and it is. And, and we decorate in our homes with the cross. It's fantastic. And people wear it um, as jewelry, necklaces, bracelets, earrings. Maybe you have a tattoo of a cross. Yeah, yeah, all those kinds of things we, we get because they understand the cross. It's, it's, the resurrection is a little bit different. I mean, it's kind of, you don't see anyone wearing an empty tomb around their neck. A little awkward, cumbersome, really bad for the back and the spine. A little heavy, right? Are you with me? Okay, so cross we get. What is up with the resurrection and what is it about? If it's not a past event and it's something that is happening here and now, not just something that happened, but something that is happening, what is that about? For the next few moments, the time we have left, I want to try to paint a picture for you of what that looks like in our lives. And let's begin with something Jesus said about himself. Before Jesus died, mind you, this is very important. Before Jesus died and then resurrected, this is what he said about himself. I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, I'm sorry, come again? Like what, what was that? I mean, he hadn't resurrected yet. And he wasn't saying, I'm going to resurrect, even though he did predict it. That's not what he was saying here. He wasn't saying the resurrection is going to happen after I die. This was not the place where he was predicting that. He was saying something else. He was talking about something that was happening in the present reality, in the moment. Now, if you think about this too long, smoke will come out of your ears. But just try just a little bit, okay? It's hard for me too. He, he was saying something is happening here and now in the moment. I am presently the resurrection is happening all up in this space right now. And then he says this, anyone who believes in me, that word believe is not just believe about me, believe information about me. Yeah, I believe that. I believe Jesus. I believe that Jesus lived. And yeah, I hear what they say about him. I believe that stuff. Oh, I mean, it's a historical fact, right? No, it's not that. It's belief in trust. It's the word trust. It's the word Faith, it's the word depend on and rely on. Put your trust in, put your faith in. Anyone who believes in me, trusts in me, will live. Present tense. Not just something that happens after you die. It is something that happens here and now, right now. He said, I am resurrection. And anyone who trusts in me will live. Right now, present tense, and check this out, even after dying. In other words, something's going to happen right now, right here, where we live, and death won't stop it. It's the beginning of eternal life. See, often we think eternal life is just something that happens when you're dead and gone and croaked in the ground. And you go to heaven one day, and eternal life begins. No, 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 no. Eternal life begins when you begin to embrace Jesus as your Savior. And as you begin to connect yourself with the risen Jesus, you begin to experience life of an eternal quality. We'll see it in a minute described different ways. But he says it begins now. We experience it now. And it's going to continue on. And death won't stop it. You will live even after dying. Huge. It means the ultimate threat to life, which is death, no longer is all that much of a threat. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. He said, I am resurrection. And if you connect yourself with me, you get in on that. Because remember, what the cross, we saw this last week, what the cross was to sin, victory over sin, the resurrection is to death, victory over death. And so when Jesus beat sin and death, 
conquered sin, and then kicked death in the teeth. He did that once and for all, and it's something you and I can get in on and experience with him. And it's something that's happening now. Let me um, show you another couple ways to understand this. Paul, the, the apostle, described this so beautifully in a couple different ways. And, and let me show you this first one. When he writes to the Christians in Galatia, he says it like this. He said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. My old self has been crucified with Christ. Now, obviously, he's talking symbolically. Because he's not saying, I physically was crucified with Christ. He's saying, but I can identify with the crucifixion. Because just like Jesus died, as I have connected my life with him, there are some things in my life that have had to die. There are some things in my life that had to pass away. There are some things in my life that had to go the way of the grave. There are some things in my life that needed to die off. I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's really Christ who lives in me. What? Yeah, because Jesus rose from the dead. Paul says, I experienced Jesus living, but, but like inside my life. It's like, so what you get, you don't get just Paul. You get Jesus living through Paul. You say, well, how is that possible? I have no idea. I can't fully explain it. But I can tell you it's true because I've experienced it. And I experience it. And many of you are experiencing. I can't put my finger on how to fully explain it. I can't write it out on paper. It's not like a formula. It's not an outline. But it's this experience of as I begin to trust in Jesus, something begins to happen inside of me. It's like the life of Jesus is living in me. And watch, it's transforming us. Because another way, Paul goes on to say, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, this is just the way you love. I mean, this is the way you live, trusting in Jesus and knowing that he lives in you. Another way he described it was when he wrote to the Christians in Corinth, I think it was. And let's go on to the next one. And he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. If anyone is connected to Jesus, if anyone is trusting in Jesus with their faith in Jesus is in Christ, they're a part of the new creation. That's how he describes it this way. The same thing, he's talking about the same thing, Christ living in me, and he said, I'm a part of something that's entirely new. It's not like just a better version of the old me. It's not like, like I'm slightly improved, I'm a better man, I'm a better woman, I've turned over a new leaf. He said, no, it's something entirely new. It's the new creation. And when we get connected to Jesus, since Jesus rose from the dead, and he is alive in us, he begins to create something new, entirely new in us. We are a part of the new creation. Something completely new. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of seeing the world. When you are connected to Christ and trusting in him, he begins to do a work in your life and you begin to process the world differently and you start seeing people differently and you start loving differently and you start solving problems differently and you start uh, approaching pain and problems differently. You go to work differently. You, you, you do marriage differently. You parent differently. You, you just live differently. It's a part of the new creation. Something begins to happen inside of us because Jesus rose from the dead. So you see this? Not only is the resurrection the center of the faith, 
It's so much more personal than that. It's more than that. As we see what Paul said, something's happening inside of me. Something's happening inside of us. We're a part of the new creation. So it's more than just the center of our faith. It's the center of our lives. Resurrection of Jesus is meant to be the center of our lives. Because through the resurrection of Jesus happening right now in my life and in your life, is the living, active, ever-present power of Jesus. We, through Jesus, are people of the new, genera- a new creation. We are people of the new creation. We experience that in our lives. It's, it's a new way of thinking, a new way of living, according to the way of Jesus in every way. Again, not just we're slightly improved, we're entirely new. This is so important. It's so important that you understand this. In fact, let me say it very clearly. Because the resurrection is not just the center of our faith, but it's the center of our lives, and we know that Jesus rose from the dead, and when someone predicts and pulls off their own resurrection, you just go with whatever they say. You just say, okay, whatever. You're good. You're the one. I'm with you. That just makes sense, right? Because Jesus rose from the dead, I am 100% confident of what I'm getting ready to challenge you with next. In fact, I'm so confident, I want you to look me in the eye. Okay, let's do it like this. Everybody look at the screens, I'm gonna look at the camera. (laughs) Now I'm looking at everybody right now. Eyeball to eyeball, okay? Here's my, unapologetically, my challenge to you. Because Jesus rose from the dead, Rearrange your life around Jesus. Because he's the center. He's the center of our faith. And he's meant to be the center of our lives. It's more personal than we ever imagined. And we're in on this. We're a part of the new creation. We're a part of something that he wants to do inside of us through faith in him. Something begins to happen inside of us and we are to respond by simply rearranging our lives around him making him the center, the focal point, the nucleus, the foundation of our lives. He said, well, why should I do that? Again, he rose from the dead. And when you predict and pull off your own resurrection, you get to call the shots. You just do. And so it just makes sense for us to go, okay, he rose from the dead, I'm with him. And I want to experience his new creation in me. To be a living part of the new creation, living out the way of Jesus in every way. Let me explain it a different way. Maybe this will help. It's a very tangible thing that all of us are, are aware of and have experience with. Think of a GPS, okay? Think of a GPS. So let's go back to the iPhone, smartphones. Who would have thought that we'd have a GPS on our phones? I don't need a GPS on my phone. I used to think this way. Why would I need a GPS on my phone? I have a GPS. It's stuck in my window. I need to make calls on my phone. I don't need GPS, right? GPS is now on the phone. I know some of you are like diehard, you know, like, no, no, I'm keeping mine stuck in the window. I know, I know. We laugh at you. (laughs) Now, we don't laugh at you. They laugh at you. I don't laugh at you. I understand you. (laughs) Right? But it's cool, right? we, go, we all get it, we understand GPS, all right? Think of it like this. To rearrange your life around Jesus is to declare 
from a spiritual standpoint, from the standpoint of your life, that Jesus is now your GPS. He's your GPS. He's the center. Everything in your life now has significance as it finds its bearings in Jesus. As it relates to Jesus. And so when I need direction in life and I need to go from point A to point B in life and I find myself maybe lost in life and when I need to make progress in life and when I need to go somewhere in life, I come back to the GPS and I rearrange my life around Jesus and I'm like, what is the way of Jesus here? How can I honor the way of Jesus in my marriage? What does it look like to parent in a way that honors Jesus? What is... What does career and a job look like in honoring the way of Jesus? How should I handle money and honor the way of Jesus? How should I solve problems and honor the way of Jesus? How should I handle pain in honoring of the way of Jesus? How should I do life and living and death and dying according to the way of Jesus? He is the GPS. He's the focal point, the centerpiece. That's what it means to rearrange your life around Jesus. And why would you do such a thing anyway? Because he rose from the dead. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad that you have joined us and we understand this can be a little intimidating and, and it's a lot of information and it's really, really new to you. And we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you joined us. And you might be thinking, well, I'm just not so sure about this. I've got so many questions. Yeah, I still have questions too. I'm still learning. I'm still discovering so much more about who God is and, and, and the Bible and, and life and all, all this stuff. I'm still learning too. But here's what I know. I know enough to respond to what I know. You should never let what you don't know and don't understand keep you from responding to what you do know and what you do understand, even though you may not fully understand it. And so Jesus rose from the dead. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus, on that basis alone, on that basis alone, you should at least consider taking your first steps in trust and faith in Jesus. And I invite you to do so. You say, well, I don't, I don't know where this leads. I, I, I don't know what's next. And I, I don't know what's gonna happen. And what about this and what about that? I get it, I understand. Those are all natural and normal questions. But here's what you don't understand yet. As you begin to put your trust in Jesus, he begins the process of new creation in you with the power of his spirit, the same power, by the way, that raised Jesus from the dead, goes to work in your life and my life and begins to change us from the inside out in ways you don't even know you need yet, in ways you can't even imagine yet, in ways that you've never experienced yet. So give him a shot. Because after all, when you predict and pull off your own resurrection, you're the man. You deserve to call the shots. So it just makes sense. It just makes sense that you begin taking steps of faith. So how do I do that? Just right where you're sitting, tell him. Tell him that, that you trust him as your savior as best as you know how. You still got questions and you're not quite sure about this and that and all that, but it does make sense. If he rose from the dead and all the evidence and signs points that he does, all the proof there, if he rose from the dead, in fact, if he is the Lord of all creation, heaven and earth and humanity, that means you too and why not? What do you have to lose? I'll tell you what you got to lose. The old way. The, the old way of thinking, the old way of doing life, the old way of processing the world. That Paul said, that old way is gone. I am now in Christ and I'm a part of the new creation. 
And then you begin to learn what it looks like to rearrange your life around Jesus. Okay, so if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, you might find yourself going, oh yeah, this is a good, this is good. I know this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just great. Easter's doing kind of the same thing. Every year Jesus come back from the dead. Ta-da! And, and then next year, you know, the same thing again. I get it. And that, it's, it's, oh, I love it. I love it. Easter. But I'm not quite sure, you know, how this is really applying to me. Let me tell you how it applies to you. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you must remember you are a part of the new creation. You are people of the new creation. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not a past event and it's not a one weekend kind of thing. It's an everyday present reality. It's not about something that happened that you believe in the past. It is something that is happening that you participate in in the present because he is still recreating you through the power of his spirit, which means as Christians, we must always continue to re-rearrange our lives around Jesus over and over and over again. Here's why. Because if you're like me, you have a tendency, instead of rearranging your life around Jesus, you put other things in the middle, in the center. It happens, we're human, it happens. We get distracted. Sometimes we put people's opinions in the center of our lives and we bow to public opinion and whatever they think and whatever they want and whatever I need to do and I want them to like me and I want them to love me and I want them to, you know, and we make them the center without even realizing it. And we live for others instead of living for Christ. And sometimes in the, in the center we put our job and our career and everything and everyone in our lives has to bow to job and career and it's all about that and how can I get ahead and how can I, how can I you know, get better and, and how can I have more and how can I win awards and how can I be more significant and sometimes we put money in the center. A lot of people put money in the center and they don't even know what's happening. It's so sneaky. Everything comes to back to money and all the thoughts about having money, more money, more this, more that so I can have more stuff and more things and more whatever, more, 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 more. Hmm, this is interesting. Sometimes we even put ourselves in the center as followers of Jesus. Yeah, we follow Jesus. We believe Jesus is the resurrected Lord and Savior. But we make everything about me. Me, 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 me. What's best for me, what I want. Hmm. So you and I as followers of Jesus have to continue to keep rearranging our lives around him. Why? Why? Because remember, he rose from the dead and it's not just a past event. It's a now present Thing. We are people of the new creation and there's so much more new recreating he needs to do in me and in you and in all of us together. So we keep daily rearranging our lives around Jesus and in the way of Jesus. We think, what's the way of Jesus in my relationships? How do I do marriage? How do I do parenting? How do I do my job? How do I do finances? How do I approach life's decisions according to the way of Jesus and rearrange your life and everything in this life and beyond? as you face pain, as you face problems, and even when the day comes, you face death. We rearrange it all around Jesus because after all, death, as we have seen, has died in Jesus. It's a mere formality now for those that are connected to Jesus and are a part of the new creation. Jesus lives. And so because Jesus lives, so we get to live in him, because of him, through faith in him, and it's something we can experience right now, and death won't stop it. Our Father, thank you 
What a powerful truth. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus. It's the center of faith, but so much more personal. It's the center of our lives. So may we, starting with me, may we rearrange our lives around Jesus in every way. Because you rose from the dead, so you call the shots. You're the one. It's all about you, and it's all ultimately for you. So, Father, may we just live our lives, rearranging our lives around Jesus. And for those of my friends that are here, that this is brand new for them. They, they're just now beginning to take steps of faith and trusting you. Lord, help them to do that. Give them courage to take those steps of faith expressing their trust in you and beginning to learn what it means to trust you and then begin to follow you and rearranging their life around you. And for those of us who have been following you for years, may we remove everything out of the center of our lives other than you, the risen Savior, and your way in every way and in everything. May this Easter weekend mark a time when we commit ourselves yet again to rearranging our lives around you because you have risen from the dead and we are a part of the new creation and you are doing something in us today that is eternally significant and we are so thankful that death won't stop it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.